Stay tuned for a little special orgasm from Lala herself and visit lalasbedtimetales.com. Enjoy this episode. Warning, the following program is not for the weak-hearted. Those who are closed-minded, in general, you're scared to learn what's behind closed doors. Here at Sapphire's Airplay, I want you to pour the wine, grab somebody that you want to hold on to, or better yet, get the vibrations stimulated through your body. Get ready for one hell of an orgasm in five, four, three, two. One. What is up, all you sexy motherfuckers out there in Radio Land? It's your girl Sapphire, and I got a special guest today. Now, first of all, first of all, if anybody wants to come on to Sapphire's Earplay, it's really simple. Slide in my DMs at Sapphire's Earplay at Ms. Radio Sapphire. Please do not reach out to anybody by the name Sapphire on Twitter because that's not me. My Twitter has been gone for almost a goddamn year. Okay, it's still sore. So please stop saying that you saw me on Twitter because no the fuck you didn't. Or you can hit me up on the Moan app. Now, why am I talking about social media opening up the show? I have a very special guest today. Her name is Lala. She is the owner and creator power source behind Lala's Bedtime Tales, which is audio erotica, y'all. Yes. Black owned, may I just emphasize on that? Black owned, female, looking gorgeous and voluptuous as other. Please welcome Lala, everybody. Welcome, welcome, Lala. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Yes, Lala, you reached out to me and I was like, oh my God, yes, absolutely. Please. I love audio erotica. I love when people reach out to me. So it's the best of both worlds. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I love your energy. So I was like, I need to hit her up and get on yes. here. Let's match the vibes, match the vibes. So Lala, tell everybody about what Lala's Bedtime Tales is about. What does it separate? You know, audio erotica really had a boom during the pandemic. We really yeah. saw a rise, you know, I want to say like midsummer of 2020. Like it's always been around, but I feel like more businesses have been popping up. You got Dipsy, you got Here Jane. I've had um Here Jane on the show. Um I think there's a couple others, but it's just like now everybody's getting into this. You have phone sex operators who are now teasing. It's no longer about visual. Everybody's getting into that audio. So what made you step into this vast category, especially as a black woman? So what made me step into this category was it actually normalized sex for me. I know a lot of people out there have read The Coldest Winter Ever. And for a lot of people, that was their first sex education tool. So, <laughs> I, wanted, so I wanted to make sure that people had access to the mental and sexual health benefits of listening to erotica. Because I know for me, it's helped me through some of my most stressful days and it even helped me after some tra traumatic events that occurred. So I'm like, let me give the gift of eroticism to people mm. through sensory awareness. And that's through hearing and audio. And I feel like oftentimes people enjoy audio more so than visual because they can put themselves better in the place of the character rather than just watching it. And then your mind can sensory map and go wherever you want to go with that from just listening to it versus when you're watching it. You see, you might not see people who look like you, whether it be size inclusive or uh, racially inclusive or even sexual orientation or whatever lifestyle that you might live. So being able to listen to it helps you envision yourself in it and play out your own fantasies in your head. 
It's funny that you mentioned that because just the other day on the Moan app, I was hosting a room all about the bedroom soundtrack. And I really said, you know, when you tap in to music or just any type of audio, AMSR even, it does kind of tickle your fancy. Some people are like, why am I getting oddly turned on to the crunching of leaves or somebody softly whispering into this? Like somebody right now is getting turned on. Exactly, <laughs> but you know, yeah. it's just like it, it does tap into your psyche a lot and it taps into the same, I want to say, almost the same triggers that fear does where we're almost turned on by a certain fear or that anticipation of someone coming around the corner. It just, you know, it taps into that. And I love how eroticism taps in to a different vibe, like you said, with sexuality, because now you're in control. Yes. You can't control Absolutely. what you see, but you can control yep. what you hear. Yep, exactly. I and love the pictures that. that come to mind. I love yes. That. And also, I think what's cool, too, is so speaking of when you talked about the ASMR and the leaves crunching, I'm one of those people like I would watch people do like seafood mukbangs and I'd be like, why is this turning me on? Like the sound of them crunching and then I would listen to meditation with water and I'd be like, why is this turning me on? So I looked it up and it's aurelism, which is actually a popular kink. It's people getting turned on by sound and it may be erotic and sometimes it's just nature and it's sometimes, like you said, just random stuff like ASMR and crunching of Cheetos and stuff like that, but <laughs> it can be like sexually stimulating. So that made me explore more. So when you talk about, you know, bringing Lotla bedtime tales it's strictly just your audio or do people submit like how does it work if somebody wants to tap into this so right now currently i write um the stories i write like short stories they're about 45 minutes to 60 minutes mm -hmm. and then i um play them behind sound effects and music eventually i do want to expand where i allow people to submit stories and also do some other voice actors come on and tell stories to widen it and give it more variety well i'm just gonna say i volunteer as tribute i i, I am not a writer but honey I, if you need an extra voice i will put on the voice <laughs> i would love that <laughs> during june for pride month i was trying to find like different voices like to do like girl on girl and different stuff yes. like that and i couldn't find anyone so that is good to know you got me on lock now. You got me connected. So what for you? And I know some other people might be connecting the same way because you said, you know, trauma that like through audio erotica that helped you overcome your trauma. And without like stepping into that boundary, what is it for you that it kind of saved you or even enhanced your sex life as you look back? So for me, how it helped was it showed me a lot of erotica, especially in literature. It puts female pleasure first. Mm -hmm. um, that's typically why females enjoy erotica over porn is because it puts female pleasure first. And then also I was able to see like healthy romantic relationships. Like it was more so where the woman was being doted on. The man was doing everything in his power to make sure she felt loved, to make sure she felt pleasure. And he enjoyed his sexual experience because she got off on hers. And so that normalized the fact that, hey, it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be abusive and it doesn't have to be um a not fun experience because these women were in these books being praised for owning their sexuality and they were loving it. 
And so that made me put me into a world that was different than what I was experiencing at that time. When I think also about audio erotica, I also think about the old erotica books from back in the day. And I feel like now there is a shift. It's not your your mother's typical romantic novels. Like we're getting into some real ass fucking. Yes. I don't know. It's like for me, I like to hear... I don't find it corny at all if I'm hearing the moans and the sounds and, you know, as it's painting the picture through, you know, words or lyricism, because even listening to dirty spoken word, it takes me to a whole different atmosphere, you know. So I got First of all, I got to take a listen to some Lala's tales because I was looking at the pictures. I was looking at your description and I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is different. This is definitely different than the other led businesses. And I don't know if that's also because right now I'm seeing a shift with black owned businesses in the wellness, sexual wellness community. But you are tapping into, I don't want to say the urban market because I feel like that's kind of lightweight racist when they say it to us. I hate when they say urban too. Right. It's like, okay, just call for what it is. It's a black market. Yes. Okay. It's black sex. You could say black. You are tapping into black folks because when it comes to eroticism, I feel like we're still trying to find our space, our place in where we fit in with sexuality. Do you feel that? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I think a lot of that goes back to historically with um, slavery as well and how that how the how um, the oppressors took our sexuality and Afrocentrism and they weaponized it against us. Mm-hmm. And in a way to survive, you try to fit in the box that the majority creates for you. And so they either over-sexualized us or they had us in this depiction of what most people consider like the mammy, which is what you see on Gone with the Wind. And so in that, I feel like a lot of times we uh, policed ourselves or policed others to make us fit, fit in that box for safety and survival reasons. And so now as a culture just coming out of that, it's kind of becoming like a struggle. And then also too, like, I feel like most African-Americans are touched by the black church in mm-hmm. some way in their life. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of purity taught, which is more shame and fear taught based education around sexuality and sexual health than pleasure and positivity. So I think that also makes it hard. So we're kind of trying to battle our past of generational kind of like issues with how how the, I'm trying to think of a, a positive, not a positive word, but a better politically correct word, uh, uh, the oppressors put on us and how the black church kind of carried that on and how breaking away from that. Because I did talk to a sex therapist recently that actually talked about how she was counseling girls in their mid-20s that were about to get married and their parents made them so afraid of sex. Oh my they are about God. to get married and didn't understand, like, how am I going to do this when I get in my marriage, which is supposed to be, quote unquote, the right time to do it. They were still afraid. It so. is kind of fascinating how that happens, too, because it's like we push the culture, especially in black culture, get married first, have the babies. Yes. But then you look yes. at the statistics, of course, which are always against us you know people keep saying that oh you know pregnancy is still high amongst the black community when it actually really isn't it's not 
Okay, you know, unwanted pregnancies and even teenage pregnancies in the black community have significantly decreased. But there's yeah. such a sexual stigma against that. You add that in the fear of the fact that you have girls out here we call loose, running yeah. around wild and free. And I'm like, you can be loose and still empowering your body. Exactly. What are we teaching the message here? And then you step into the category of sexuality. Okay, well, then we place folks like ourselves in a box where we're the freaks, we're the hoes, and we're not allowed to reclaim it. We're different. Yeah. So then it makes you think like overall, okay, where is the space and protection for us when it comes to black sexuality or when it comes to, you know, businesses like yourself who are targeting specifically the black women who are oppressed sexually? How can you make them not feel like these sexual freaks, you know, in the degrading manner when everybody else is calling us freaks for consuming it? Yes. It's reframing the thought process of it. It's definitely reowning and reclaiming it. Kind of like what we did with the Mm -hmm. N-word. It's just reclaiming and reowning our sexuality and going back to our roots. Like even the first ever black drag queen back in the 1800s was an African. So it's just going back, re-looking at that, doing the history lessons behind that. And Audre Lorde has a lot of amazing stuff that people should go back and look at and womanism in general. Just re-looking at it and then using that as an educational tool to reframe how we look at Black sexuality, I think within itself is empowering of it. And then us reclaiming it, like we don't have to be over-sexualized and we don't have to be seen as not sexual beings. We can be in the middle like everyone else and we need to stop that thought process and um, communication because I was talking about talking to my other friend with dating and how it's okay to be a little bit more aggressive when mm-hmm. shooting her shot and she's I was like a lot of my you know our white sisters do that and it's not seen as bad and she's like well I, you know it's just different for them and I'm like it's different for them because we put that narrative out there that if part we're doing it yes if we're doing it then it becomes a normal and it becomes more comfortable speaking of that mindset too because you know, September is a lot of things for sexuality. I just yes. found out that there's this thing about September is take a man on a date month. Yep. And that's becoming like a divide in, in black Twitter right now of yeah. whether or not, you know, that's acceptable because there is that mindset. And I, I have to say, like, again, we're not steering far from our topic, which is all about black sexuality and the spaces that we own because this ties in. I really just... We've always been we've always been sexual in lyrics and lyricism. Okay, women telling guys what the fuck they want. You know, Lil Kim, the Foxy Browns. But now I've seen this dynamic shift with Black women where we're demanding our reparations through our coochie, and I'm like, what message are you trying to send? I can't 100% get back to this. You know what I mean? Like, this is why people in sexual spaces do not take us Black women and men and queer folk the same at times. Yeah. Yeah. Like, listen, go out and make your money off your coochie, please. But really, do not put it in the name of reparations. That's okay. Crazy, yes. Keep keep the fetishization out of that. Cause yes, I understand there's, you know, the Findom and you know, there yeah. are dominatrixes out there who you know seek out weak white men 
or yeah. a white clients who will yeah. grovel and say, you know, they're going to pay their reparations and pay what's owed. That's fine. But don't put us all in that category yeah. and ruin it for the sex positive folk who are like, listen, I- I'm all about, you know, a motherfucker giving me some money, but I make my own money too. I'm not lazy. Yeah. You know, yeah, I agree with that. I've seen that too, and I'll be scrolling. I'm like, what is this talking about? And what's going on? It's it's like it's doing the exact opposite. Like, okay, listen, City Girls and Megan the Stallion and Cardi B. Like, can y'all just? I can't. Y'all need to cool it down, please. Dial it back, okay? Like we 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 had our foot in the door. People were listening. Yeah. Now. I don't know. <laughs> like, no, I feel you. Oh my god, it, it's just a weird shift in black erotica right now. I I just cannot get down with it all. Like yeah, talk about I feel you. yeah, it's like talk about wet ass pussy, but talk about how phenomenal and powerful the pussy is at all yes. times. Yes. Okay. Stop demanding and demand through the power of pussy. Yes. If that makes I, sense. I agree. Yeah, that does. I definitely agree with that. Oh, I'm, I, I'm glad because it's just like, it annoys me sometimes. And it's like, I don't want to say this is why, again, black men may be turned off to us because it shouldn't be that way. Because if they can be just as sexual, why can't we? Yes, exactly. But also, too, to your point, some of those I've been seeing a lot on um, Spiritual Word and the Shade Room, some of the black male relationship talk shows and I feel like that too is also putting a bad message out there I'll listen to some stuff and I'm like what are you talking about and no no the the hoteps the hoteps need to shut it down okay I don't need a man telling me as a black woman what I should be doing with my black pussy exactly I agree because you don't want to hear what I want you to do with your black dick exactly I agree 1000% so where is the negative stigma on that? And then it's exactly. like you come into the spaces of, again, audio erotica, a safe haven for black women. And now yes. I'm noticing there are men trying to come it up in that and they're doing it for all the wrong reasons. And I'm like, there's yes. no romanticism. Not every nope. woman wants to be fucked. Not every, no. not every vagina wants to be penetrated the way that you want it to be. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. And yes. I think that's like the power of why I do steer more and gravitate my body more towards the feminine energy that erotica brings. Because when a man steps into it, and even though I am dating a man or in love with a man, it just doesn't hit the same. Yes. There's actually been um, a lot of articles I've even read just about erotic literature in general. In general, they talk about how women writers write the best sex. Yes. Like even uh, they, they write the best sex, whether it's M on M, like whatever genre, women tend to write the best sex. And so I think that's because a lot of times, typically women approach sex from an intimacy mm-hmm. aspect as well. We don't just focus on the actual sexual act. We focus on every component that goes into it. What is your advice for men out there who really want to switch it up and, you know, want to tap into their feminine power, but they also feel like they're not allowed to? Because I feel like every man should be allowed to tap into their feminine side with their partners. 
And I feel like we don't talk about vulnerability enough. Yeah. Until it's like smack dab in the face. Like I love hearing that couples are now not just watching porn together, but listening to porn together. Yes. Or they're recording themselves, not, you know, video, but audio. And I'm like, oh, I need to do that. I'm not used to do that for earplay purposes. You know, I had to get consent and all. But, you know, now I'm kind of like, oh, I would want to record my sex and give myself a play by play with my partner next. I hope you're taking notes in there. got to tell my man off air but um but no I really I feel like audio eroticism now has like opened the doors for especially for couples who don't want to watch porn but they don't want to watch themselves and they also don't want to consume maybe in reading about it so they feel that the audio itself would enhance so yeah for men out there who want to please now I am talking about um, the male led relationships to their female counterparts or vulva counterparts. Donors, yeah, heterosis. Not so much my same sex. We'll get into you in a second because I feel also the dynamics are different when you have the same genders yeah. in the same room. But for men who are trying to ease their lady in to eroticism, what would you suggest that they do? especially on the levels of eroticism with audio. I think something sexy would be is them recording themselves, telling them how to touch themselves. Mm. Like, I feel like if they record, kind of like do it to like a sexy playlist, put their voice over it and tell them, think about me and this fantasy while you touch yourself and give them directions on how to touch themselves, kind of doing like mutual masturbation, but, um, through the ears mm-hmm. and then also too I think for men is it's a lot about communication right like I know a lot of my male friends they're like oh well I don't want to ask about that or talk about that fantasy or desire and come off looking like a creep but I'm like I promise you nine out of ten times she'll probably be like oh my gosh I wanted to try that too so don't be afraid to communicate that and then also too I feel like um mix it up by doing like um vacations which it doesn't have to be like you have to actually go away anywhere and mm-hmm. do anything expensive and then never stop dating the person you're with like whether it's a long-term relationship or you've just been having like when I was younger I used to have consistent fuck buddies like I'd be like kind of in a monogamous relationship with these fuck buddies like we would just only exclusively have sex with each other but we didn't feel the restraints of a relationship and so sometimes it's fun to do like sex dates switch it up like do it somewhere different like mm-hmm. are you role playing with it and stuff like that so I think that's too is don't be afraid to ask what you want in the bedroom even ask the male because I know sometimes you guys are deetered away and you don't want to scare your partner away and then just um, do different sex dates like I love it like plan a little sex date a little sex scene like that stuff is fine like do that I love that it doesn't always have to be the woman coming you know doing it all vice versa too it doesn't always have to be the man like ladies I think we do need to start truly truly speaking up for what the fuck we want in the bedroom yes okay and that even goes for my queer folks too because especially non-binary asexuals you know even though you might not have a sexual mindset please speak up on what you want to enhance your relationship and know that your relationship doesn't always have to be sex centered sometimes Mm -hmm. the sexiest things in a relationship don't have to be sexual Yes, exactly. Sometimes, you know, the simplest things that we do in our relationships day in and day out become the sexiest thing. 
Yes. Cleaning exactly. the dishes. Affirmation. Yes, you know, I love it when my, my man cleaned up the kitchen. I'm looking at a nice kitchen this morning. It's great. Didn't yep, have to exactly. ask, you know. He, he's helping me with the bathroom. Like, we're cleaning together, and it's sexy to me that yes. he's taking that initiative. And vice versa, like, your partner, it's a partnership. Coming yes. hand-to-hand and just speaking for what you want. And again, bringing it back to eroticism through oral stimulation. Yes. And I'm talking about ear, not ear. I'm not talking about the mouth, okay? Yeah. Oral, your ears, eroticism. Yeah. Hearing those affirmations of love hearing the gratitude hearing what your partner truly wants day in and day out that's a build up to your erotic fantasies right there yes speaking speaking folks need to learn how to talk and be vulnerable I'm always using that word vulnerable. If somebody wants to make a drinking game out of this podcast, please. Because like vulnerability and communication are the two things I'm always talking about. Yeah. No matter what. So for you, with your partners, do you ever read off your stories as like a test? Do you test your craft? So... My current partner right now, they actually read all of my stories for me before I record them. Yes. So they'll give me so and then sometimes I will sneak in little parts of our sex life in it. Like in this past story, they call her a dirty girl. And that's something I like to be called in a bedroom. Yes. <laughs> you know I'm gonna ask you for a little you know I'm gonna ask you for some taste. You gotta give the earbuds a taste of why they need some lala in their life. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Not to cut you off there, because now I can see it. Like, ladies and gentlemen, you can't see it, but this girl is gleaming ear to ear. It is radiant. She got a glow now. She can't look at her. She can, she's speechless. She can't even speak now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, like, I dropped little gems from there, like, oh, no. And I'll be like, oh, you went there. I see it. It's something that, you know. And so it's just fun stuff like that. And, um... I also use, then also too, I don't use names or anything, but I think back to my old sexual experiences when I'm writing mm-hmm. and I'll drop those in there as well. And one of my, one of my past exes, he was like, oh, I listened to one of your stories and it sounded awfully familiar and we just <laughs> laughed about it. But <laughs> I love that. I love just, that. Yeah. But um, it was just, yeah, it's just fun. And I feel like anyone, too, can, like, it kind of helps, too, with dirty talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more erotic literature I listened to or, or uh, read, it made me really into dirty talk. And so that's one of my biggest things. So I think foreplay should happen all day. And one of the ways to do that is sending, like, sexy messages to your partner. And can you please say that again of what you just said about foreplay? For- foreplay should happen all day. Thank you. Okay, because, you know, when we're talking about the physicality of foreplay, I was just um, doing a radio segment for an L.A. station out here. And, you know, they were asking me what, like, is the longest that you should do foreplay? And I said, well, physically, it's like eight. I believe I said eight and 13 minutes, eight minutes for Mm -hmm. females and 13 minutes for the guys, Mm -hmm. because too long it's going it's going to blow the shit up. Yeah. But. When you do foreplay, we also tend to forget, like you said, it's an all day thing from that good morning text all the way through that lunchtime text. I'm thinking about you to all of a sudden I'm on my way home. Instead of just saying I'm on my way home, you should say desserts marinating. Oh, yeah. I love that. Okay. 
Yes. Dessert will be ready when you get home. Tonight, yes. we're going to have dessert and then dinner. Exactly. Built that anticipation. Something. Yes. That keeps the sexual energy going. Yes. yes. It doesn't have to be physicality, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't even have to be photos of yourself. My man and I, we do foreplay throughout the day where he'll send me little Pinterest, erotica yep. art, cartoons. The other night, he was showing me different pictures of these beautiful, gorgeous black women just, I mean, in all types of nasty. I mean, showing me covered, coated faces in big okay. titties, dripping. Oh, yeah. Okay? Good. Or just yeah. like in the bathtub. Just, ooh, just painting out a picture. And I'm like, yeah. oh, so you want this tonight? Okay, cool. I, I think we can provide. I think we can strategize on this. I can't guarantee my boobs will sit up as perky as hers. But yes, coat my face. That's okay. Yes. Yes. You know, just a little ebb and flow. That, I think, is the best. Sending, we, hey, phones have audio messaging now. Mm -hmm. Send off that message instead of just typing it out. Let your partner hear the breathing of anticipation and wanting and desire. Give them a little sexy voice note just to say, I'm thinking about you from last night. I'd love round three, four, five. (laughs) Give them that nice tone. Yeah, I'm giving you the radio voice now. (laughs) Give them a little something, something, I feel. Like, little foreplay does go a long way, I feel, personally. It's the best. Yes, it does. It's the best. So, going back to your business and what sets you aside, what would you say why people should get on the train of Lala's Bedtime Tales versus other audio erotica apps apps out there? Um, so it's a few reasons. Um, I mix, like my whole platform, I mix education with entertainment. Um, I bring on um, guests, blog contributors, and I do interviews with licensed therapists and medical professionals to make sure I'm getting out comprehensive and... Um, accurate information um i try to make sure it's female and then especially black women if i can add that layer because i feel like we don't see it often enough enough people that look like us in the medical profession and therapy and i feel like if we saw more of us it would make us more open to going and seeking those services because from my own personal experience i think it's just different and more relatable when you can get a provider that looks like you or hear information from a provider that looks like you um and then also What sets me apart is oftentimes, like with Dipsy, you get a lot of the sound effects of the moaning and the sexual noises, but not always like a storyline. And then on podcasts I've listened to, you get the story, but you don't get a lot of the moaning or the music. And so I brought that together as best as possible. And so I give you the storyline and then I also give you the music and I give you the sound effects with it. So um, that's what sets me apart is I'm mixing for sexual health education with the entertainment. I love that. I'm, years ago, I used to call it sexual edutainment because I want to like make sure that you are turned on, but you are going to learn something and be entertained at the same time. And so yes. that's always been like Sapphire's Ear Play, like mission is just to, you know, provide eargasms through sexual edutainment. People are like, sexual entertainment what the hell so we're like-minded souls i love that i love that and bringing it back to mental to mental wellness because it's important 
It's yes. very important, especially in our community, that mm-hmm. we continue the conversations and normalizing black mental wellness. Yes. And black self-care. You know, we hear it all the time. We heard it, you know, showcased in Insecure, how, mm-hmm. you know, Molly and Issa used to have their self-care Sundays and we hear it on the blogs all the time. Yes. I highly suggest people start adding audio erotica to that self-care doesn't just have to be i'm gonna be in the bathtub listening to my favorite you know music listen to your favorite erotica yes sip that sam champagne mimosa with the little drip of orange juice that splash okay let the bubbles of the body bubble up inside you i don't know what i was going with there the bubbles of the champagne mixing with the bubbles of your bubble bath against your body there you go pop there we go making it pop <laughs> I love that yes but I want I want people to especially like bringing it black black bringing it back I need my black women and my black queers out there to understand that it is okay to feel sexy it is okay to step out and let your freak flag fry I want to see more people talking about BDSM yes especially about BDSM. I want people to step outside the box and, you know, it's not just about the Mandingo dick that we see at the strip clubs. Because I feel like, you know, like, listen, I'm not going to disrespect Zane because Zane did pave the way. She did, but she did have a lot of, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, it's like, I'm not trying to like degrade ourselves, but, you know, Zane only tapped in briefly to a certain side of black female erotica. Yeah. You know, and even with Purple Panties, which was her, you know, lesbian eroticism, there was yep. still that aspect where it was like, you're catering to straight women who are yeah. curious about women. Mm-hmm. But you weren't really tapping into the studs. You weren't really tapping in to our NBs who are non binary yeah, and, you know, do not have a certain aspect of feminine and masculinity they're just them you know we didn't tap into that but now we're seeing it more with folks like yourself providing that I was reading some of your stuff that you put down for pride and I'm like damn she's got to tap into more with some queer sex yes because and that yeah that's my goal too is to get more of that perspective in my writing as well um because like everyone you have friends family members that identify in the queer community and so when I'm writing some of my parts to discuss that I reach out and I ask my friends I'm like tell me about it I'll be like tell me like one of your sexiest stories and all this stuff and they'll do it and that's how I get information so it's definitely important to give voice Mm -hmm. and that's also too is why when I write when I finally write a girl on girl specific I want someone of that community to come in and tell that story same when I do male on male I want someone in that community to come in and tell that story absolutely because those voices are so important to hear and it's also when you look at like Hollywood and stuff like when they get people not of that cult like that group our community that marginalized community to come and do it it's just like why why you know I was actually kind of heartbroken you watch P-Valley right 
No, I need to get started, but... Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, I don't want to spoil too, too much. And I don't want to spoil much for the earbuds who haven't seen season two, which just ended. But I was truly, truly heartbroken to find out that Murder's character in real life was straight. And now people are questioning his sexuality because Mm -hmm. of how graphic... like. The things that you can take away and probably put two and two together is that this season of P-Valley really tapped in to an uncomfortable level for some folks of black sexuality, especially amongst men and, you know, possible transgendered women. Now, Uncle Clifford doesn't identify as trans, but, you know, does tap in to their feminine energy to where it could be, is he trans? You know, is, you know, what is this dynamic? And I thought it was beautiful, but then, you know, you got rappers like Plies and oh Bootsy. Oh my gosh. Who just. Oh my God. Bootsy. Oh my God. Uh, Bootsy, you know what? Low key, I think he's gay and it's just like he finds the comfort in suppressing gay sex. Yeah, because he does, he does protest it a little too much. Way it, too you, much. When you get that strongly. <laughs> you know, that strongly like anti something. I'm like, what? what is the back? Right. That? And if it yeah. makes you that uncomfortable, why do you keep coming back week after week? Because this motherfucker literally would yeah. sum up the entire episode of P-Valley yeah. every week. And I'm like, motherfucker, if you are that uncomfortable, turn it off. So clearly exactly. something turns you on. Exactly. He's, he's liking it. Yes. He's liking it. If you can give me a whole fucking rundown of, you know, Uncle Clifford and murder smashing cheeks. Yeah. A little small detail. But again, you see it on the yeah. black box. You can't escape yeah, it. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Okay. The, the first time they have sex and you were talking about how uncomfortable you were, but you came back the following week to comment some more. You like this shit. And that's exactly. okay. I'm not yes. trying to out you, my brother. I'm trying to tell you, like... It's okay to be gay. Yes, it's okay. It's okay to like it. It's It's okay. If it turned him on, it's it's okay. I I completely understand. Yes. And if it turned you on as a straight man, like that doesn't mean you're going to go out and smash some man's ass cheeks. That's just something that turns you on. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's also why I do like audio eroticism too, because it does allow people to get turned on in ways that they probably would never be able to in their real life. Yeah. Bringing it all back, it does paint a different picture because, you know, even when I was questioning my sexuality, I was always so intuitive to the male and female, but more so the response that the female was getting. Yes. I was never really like, if I look back on it, I was really never turned on by the man fucking it was always the response of the female or you know just like admiring the vulva and the boobs of the porn that was being shown i could give a fuck left about the guy that's pumping i i 100 i i agree with you i well i i like that too about when i watch porn i'm like i I can't get off unless you know it's a female with her her boobs and everything like that turns me on in pornography Yes. And then it's just like, again, when you take it on to the audio side of it, it's like, I don't want to hear a man come. I want to hear the woman's shortness of breath. And the moan. The moans 
or even how she gets animalistic and growls, you know, when she really, I don't know. It's just like men have just a one dulcet tone. I feel sometimes unless if it's like a gay porn or, you know, someone who's just not afraid to be vocal. I'm like always like, uh, no, 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 no. Let me hear the female now. Or let me get the like really twinkish guy, like guy in the porn. Let me hear him. It's just something about that. It's a softness to it. It's a softness side, a softer, softer side of sex. So let's see. There was something else I wanted to get more into when it talks about, you know, black sexuality and where we are now. Um, As someone who is a provider in these spaces, what would you want to see more with black sexuality? Like, where do you think we can go from here? Because yes, we're tapping in more with, you know, shout out to B Condoms, who has an excellent, you know, yes, excellent mission. And just the fact that they are really tapping into the stores that, you know, the black markets are at. Like, yes, thank you. Exactly. Yeah. Like when they caught the deal with Walmart and Target and I was like, finally, mm-hmm. we have condoms for ourselves. Yep. You know, now let's get into more black owned sex toys. Yes. Not just black toy sex providers. Yes. I want to see more audio erotica. So when I found out of your business and you reaching out to me, I was like, holy shit. I don't think I think at this point and I could be wrong, but I feel like you are the only black female led business on this side. But I could be wrong. I would have to look more into it, but... The ones that I've seen, they have not been. They have typically been um, white women. Mm-hmm. You're right. Now that I think about it. Like, yes. I haven't really seen. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yes, these, you know, audio providers do have black voices. Yes. But it's also a very niche. Yes. You know, I don't see a lot of people on the spectrum. I don't see my full figured women like yourself, Lala. Yeah. You know, not to single that out, but it is a part of representation that matters. Yes. Just like, you know, in these black sexuality spaces, not every person that partakes in polyamory or BDSM or any other alternative lifestyle is this, you know, Amazonian woman or she's a supermodel. You know, we need to tap in more (laughs) to the spectrum of people who are just normal. Not yes. you know naturally faced. I love that. I love that aspect. Or Black yeah. Touch. Um, black Touch is another um, porn company, all black, from their curators to you know the actors, the actresses, those who write the scripts. I th- I think it's great that here we have a porn company that is for us. Yeah, that is amazing. I hadn't heard of Black Touch. I know I've heard of like King Noir and his wife. Oh yes, Jet Sending Jasmine. Yeah. I've had them on I a couple heard times. Of Black Touch. So I'm gonna have to oh. look into that. Black Touch, ooh, 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 it's good. It's good. Um, Black Touch, I got in touch with them last year, actually. And again, it's a great just form of real porn. It's none oh, of this yeah. like bullshit. It's real couples, real partners going at it solo and it's tastefully done and it's not like you know some run of the mill porn company from back in the day like the quality is very very chef's kiss Um, 
But yes, moving forward, what would you want to see more in these spaces that are evolving? Like, what could we do more? What could we do more as a black community? And what can, you know, our our white counterparts, our non-melanin folks, what can they do as allyship to help get these voices across? So my number one, what I would love to see more of, which I am seeing a little bit more of, is more talk about kink exploration <clears throat> and fetishes with, in, within the Black community. Mm-hmm. And also a more of an embrace of different gender expressions and gender orientations. I think that's huge for the Black community and being welcome with it. And then also, too, I think... Um, like you already pretty much covered it like the black sex toys more of the black main focus of pornography and then um with our non-people of color I think actually supporting is a huge part Mm -hmm. as well as not making it just like a, a niche but when you do the black voices actually getting black input in those stories and then also I feel like every company should have like a diverse board. So when you get to that point to where you can grow, have people at the top that can give voice to other communities. So it can be a diversity of thought process and mindset. So you're not pumping out the same content than slapping a different gender uh, identity on it, sexual orientation or race and being like, you're, you know, inclusive when it's not actually telling those people's story. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Lala, thank you so much. Um, Before I let you go, I want people to get in touch with you. If people have ideas, are they able to submit that, you know, to you and whatnot? Yes, absolutely. So you can submit, and I would love that too, submit any of your story ideas to me. You can um, slide into my DMs on Instagram at Lala's Bedtime Tales, or you can reach out to me on my website uh, www. and I'll make sure to link that in this episode because I really want people to touch in touch, reach out and get in touch with you because I really truly feel that you are on to something big. I'd even ask you how long has Lala's Bedtime Tales been out? So Lala's Bedtime Tales will turn one years old this month. So <gasps> I started uh, at the end of August, at the end of September, my bad, end of September in 2021. And so I've been doing this for almost a year now. So about a year. So that's congratulations. And I am just extremely excited for what's to come because I see the community building around you. And again, I am just so fortunate and happy that you reached out. And whenever you need, honey, I'm there. Like, please slide in my DMs whenever you need something. And I would love to come onto your platform, too, because I truly just love when folks like us can get together and just kind of spread this really good message out there to say like, hey, Black erotica is here to stay. And look at the many different forms that it's not just porn. It's not just sex toys. It's audio. It's podcasts. It's building community. The fact that you even are able to talk about mental health with your craft, it's needed. Yeah, you're doing the work and this is the work that is needed. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming out today and just sharing this. Thank you. Yes. And thank you so much for having me. I absolutely loved it. It was a blast. (laughs) I love love you and everything that you do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, earbuds, 
that's all for now. But remember, safe sex is the best hot sex. If you ever need me, you can go to at MsRadioSapphire.com. Get all the podcasts. You're all every ear play. You can re- just relive all the orgasms. Of course, drop me a line at Ms. Radio Sapphire and at Sapphire's Earplay all on Instagram. And until next time, good night. I just want to let you earbuds know that Lala has provided just a little tease to bring you to your knees. If you want more of these orgasms, go to lalasbedtimetales.com. Enjoy. Andres beckons me towards him with the curve of his index finger. Once in front of him, he pushes me down onto the bed, causing me to bounce back to the iron headboard. His big, naked body covers mine. He straddles me with his erection linking warm, sticky pre-comb on my stomach as he ties my arms to the headboard with his necktie. Andres passionately kisses my mouth, our tongues competing for control as he causes my pussy to clench in agony as he grows wetter with arousal. He releases my lips with a tug of my bottom lip, then shoves my panties into my mouth, making me taste the salty tanginess of my arousal. Oh shit, this man has deprived me of my ability to touch and speak. This is a new and sexy experience. Nonetheless, my heart tap dances against my chest in daunting excitement. Andres purposely pins me to the mattress with the weight of his heavy, muscular frame. He teases me with his tongue by licking fiery, sensual ribbons of meat down my jawline, around the shell of my ear, and gently nips on my earlobe. He sucks on my neck, causing me to quiver as my hot, wet, core clenches, awaiting sexual release. Andres lazily trails his tongue across my clavicle and down to my heavy, full beef cup breast. My nipples stand painfully erect, desperately wanting and needing his touch. He takes my right nipple between his full pout, feasting on it like a man who hasn't eaten in days, while he palms my left breast, plucking, rolling, and pinching my left nipple until it's so hard and so sensitive, he abandons my right to subject my overly sensitive left to the same erotic torture. Andres doesn't stop the nipple play until they're so sensitive and so erect that his blowing on them sends a sharp tug of pleasure to the dampness between my thighs. He leisurely travels his tongue down my slender torso, dipping his tongue into my belly button, causing my body to quiver. Andres moves lower on the bed, stroking, licking, and nibbling on my hips and mound between my legs. Tossing both my legs effortlessly over his shoulders, he rolls my body up on my shoulders, holding my slick pussy lips wide and begins licking me from bottom to top. He fucks my pussy with his tongue as he swirls my wetness around my clitoris, applying just the right amount of pleasure to it, causing me to let out a muffled scream through the fabric in my mouth. Andres devours my pussy relentlessly, far better than any of my fantasies, taking his sweet time as he works me over into sexual oblivion, making me wreathe between his lips and fingers. 
He begins sucking on my clitoris and trails my wetness from my hot core to my tight, puckered asshole. I feel a burning sensation as he slowly inserts one wet finger into my asshole. I feel my eyes go wide as he smiles against my clitoris. I fling my head back and surrender as my orgasm tears from my body as he sucks on my clitoris and finger fucks the hell out of my asshole. Before I can catch my breath and recover from my first ever earth-shattering orgasm, Andres is untying my arms from the headboard of the bed and leading me towards the hotel's balcony. I'm so weak and compliant from my previous orgasm that I can't balk in this man until I feel the night's cold air make my overly sensitive and tight nipples perk up. I shake my head as he ties me with his necktie to the railing of the hotel room balcony. I feel exposed, turned on, and nervous as he bends me over, pulls my hips back towards him, and slams his massive manhood inside of me before I can protest, causing me to whimper in painful sexual delight. I feel my breast jiggle as he deeply penetrates my soaking, wet pussy ruthlessly. He leans over, yanking the thong out of my mouth that was muffling my groans and moans. Andres slaps my ass, covering my howl from the sting with his hand and whispers, You have to be quiet, darling. You wouldn't want us to get caught and have a headline splashed across the gossip sites that reads, Rising pop star jailed for freaky sex on a hotel balcony. I don't think that would go over well for your music career and image. He tweaks my nipples, thirsting erratically as I bite down on my bottom lip to hold back my screams of pleasure. Despite the cold weather, our bodies are slick with sweat. The only sounds in the air are wet, slick noises from him pounding into my aroused pussy and skin-on-skin contact from the way he's fucking me so dirty. His breath gets harsher in my ear as he bites down on my shoulder, flinging us into sexual ecstasy. I feel him draw blood from my shoulder and I almost fall down while he unties my arms. He picks me up and I breathe in the musky scent of our sex in the air and the comforting scent of his woodsy and orange zest smell. Like at the repast, he carries me back into the hotel bridal cell and lays my limp body on the bed. Andres crashes down beside me, stroking my cheek and tenderly kissing my forehead. That was incredible. We have to do it again, I pant, looking at the ceiling. <laughs> Andres barks out a laugh and says, I can't deny that was fucking amazing. Your body is so responsive and your pussy gets so wet and tight around my dick. You felt like a fucking velvet glove, pop princess. I'm sure I can keep you occupied these next few weeks. I scream on the inside, throwing myself on top of him to pepper his face with kisses. This was going to be one wild time in my life as I embraced my role as Andres' personal sex slave until I left this godforsaken town. That was the show, all you sexy motherfuckers out there. Remember to follow at Ms. Radio Sapphire and Sapphire's Earplay on Instagram. Want some eargasms of the past and future? Make sure to follow on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and all streaming platforms. Platforms.